great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. Now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick, we got the Cowboys coming up. They're coming off of a bye, another team coming off of a bye in Dallas Stadium, in AT&T Stadium. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? Good. Uh, if you really look at the schedule, you'll realize that the schedule makers did not want the Rams to go far this year. I mean, we play the Steelers off a of bye at home, sure. And then we go into Dallas off a of bye. And then we have to go into Green Bay when it's cold. Um, and then after our bye, we get two divisional games back-to-back, Seattle at home and then Arizona away. So, I mean, like, whatever. Against all odds, the Rams will find a way. Uh, I'm good in retrospect. <laughs> good. That's good. 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 Okay, besides the schedule, it sounds like you're you're off to a hot start. I'm ready, man. It's freaking – it, it's Dallas week. It's rich history in this, in this franchise and matchup. <laughs> Rich history. There's some uh, some really important life overall updates that we're going to share. We're obviously going to get into the preview within this game. We'll preview both the offense and defense, all the key players on both sides of the ball. But first and most importantly, we want to make sure that you guys are... Ramming! ...liking and subscribing. Very much appreciate the support always. We got more good stuff coming your way. And... We can't wait to talk through the Dallas Cowboys because it's such an interesting team. Nick, you talked about the rich history, the, the way that they're in the conference, the way that they're coming off of a bye. The Rams looks like they're kind of putting some pieces together. Some young players are finally developing the way that we would like. Um, everybody seem, is seemingly healthy for the most part. The foundational pieces are still healthy, but there's some, uh, it just seems like some mis-execution, some little things that they can correct and hopefully it's it's all corrected for this weekend because it's an important in-conference game and they need to get back to 500. So things are at stake. It's not like this is a meaningless football game. But first, I want to go through some of the overall updates because Sean McVay is now the father to a child. His firstborn baby boy was born yesterday, I believe it was. Um, they delivered a beautiful baby boy. John Jordan, Jordan John McVay is the name of the child. Hopefully he is already signed on to the Rams' front office and will have a career in coaching. If not, he'll be a new receiver for the Rams one day. Yeah, I don't know. The nepotism is a little strong in these uh, NFL coaches sometimes. Like, I don't think any of the New England fans are happy that Belichick's son is like a prime member of that organization. Regardless, we are very happy for Sean and Veronica um, and wish nothing but health and love to that J.J. McVeigh, child, and hope, uh, yeah, hope for the best. And then, and also, great, great news, Brett Maher was released. Um, I was going to say. Ram, yeah, the Rams signed Lucas uh, Harzivic, 24-year-old kicker, 
who was playing backup for Matt Gay. So maybe that's where the connection came from. He's from Riverside, CA. Uh, undrafted in 2022, practice squad only guy, which is why they are also having open tryouts. I mean, just call some people from the XFL. I know, you know, people from the Rams organization listen to this because they signed Henderson. So just call the kid from St. Louis on the XFL team. Um, the kid was drilling like 64 yarders. So, I mean, but yeah, Max, uh, Mason Crosby, um, you know, after spending 16 years with the Packers is trying out. So, yeah, I mean, that would be cool just to have like an old geezer on the squad who, you know, like in his later years, you'd saw him miss kicks, but then you'd see him make like a 57 yarder to win the game. So he's one of those guys where it's like you want him in your corner um, no matter what. And, you know, you'd feel better about him than Maher. Maher is probably done realistically in his NFL career. This was kind of his last chance. So Godspeed to wherever you're going, Maher. Well, Nick, you talked about in the last episode, which I thought was really interesting, was Brent Maher was going to be debuting for the Rams against the Dallas Cowboys, which was the team that he, what, missed four or five straight extra points in a playoff game for. So that, to me, was a mistake on its own. I think it, one, alleviates some of the pressure for Sean McVay as he finally becomes a new father. He doesn't have to deal with the stresses of depending on his field goal kicker to make a 50-yard field goal plus or an extra point. But then also, like, you have open trials. You're going to bring in an experienced player. You're going to bring in, hopefully, a Mason Crosby-type kicker, somebody with experience, 16-plus years, has made really big kicks in the playoffs, has missed a couple, but still a lot of great years behind him. I think it's really important just because – just to be able to alleviate some of the stress, right? I think it's 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 a kick game. You can't be overly reliant on the fact that a 50-yard field goal is always going to be made. So hopefully some of the decision-making within this game against the Dallas Cowboys, which will – be a key that we talk about as we preview the offense. It, it's getting yourself some more manageable third down situations, which could hopefully propel you into a fourth and short. And then you could extend the drive, not necessarily a tush push, but a little bit more creativity in third and fourth down situations that can extend drives and get yourself out of a difficult, difficult field goal kicker situation. Uh, to me, it, it, it needed to change. Um, it, it wasn't a good situation to have Brett Maher back in the building after missing some kicks. So I feel like it's, it, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I also think that um, one thing that the Rams really like to do is kind of get guys that off the couch, you know, um, Mason Cr uh, Crosby. I don't think he was playing anywhere. Right. It's not, no, not, not like he was on yeah, the Packers. Um, but then who do we bring in in the Super Bowl off the couch, um, you know, to replace an injured player or during the entire playoff run? And then, you know, they're like a huge, crucial part Eric of Weddle. that. Yeah, Eric Weddle, of that Super Bowl um, success story. So yep. that that I really like. I'm happy that, that Maher's off the team before going to Dallas, like I said last week. And, yeah, I mean, there's um, – I do think there will be more creativity on third and fourth down depending where they are on the field because I think if they're at like the 30 or 40 – they may go for it on like a fourth and four or like yeah. a fourth and, you know, fourth and five situation, which even I'm, I mean, at this point I'm open to. Even when they're in their own territory, right? It's an opportunity, right? If they're, if they're on their own 40, their own 45 yard line, they're close to the 50 yard line. It's an opportunity to be able to extend the drive. And Nick, you talked about being a serious team, a serious team in playoff contention doesn't have Brett Maher as their kicker in 2023. So they moved on and it seems like there's an opportunity for multiple kickers to be able to, pave their way and uh, hopefully win some games for the Rams coming up. And then also the trade deadline 
So this is other one other thing we wanted to talk about real quick. This is just a hot take we posted on Twitter in relation to uh, Joe Nobum or Brian Allen being moved before the deadline. And the deadline is November 1st. So this is going to be something we talk about in future episodes too, uh, obviously leading up to the deadline. But there's potential savings of $1.5 million and $2 million sa- in, in savings uh, on no boom and on, on Allen. So it, it's all dependent on the move that you want to make. I feel like the Washington commanders could be an unbelievable partner. And then that player that we have circled is chase young. So chase young to me could potentially be the next Jalen Ramsey for this team. Another foundational piece, another weight bearing wall that you could, you know, hopefully pay the remainder of his contract and then extend him another four years, give him a contract into his second deal to where, he could be a, a piece that Aaron Donald can rely on to where this this unit needs a pass rusher. And we're going to talk right. about the Dallas Cowboys in a second. You need to be able to get after the passer. And Aaron Donald is at his very best. His, his years continue, continues to get older, as unfortunate as it is. But you need to be able to maximize the opportunities with Aaron Donald on the field as much as possible. And a player of Chase Young's caliber can get the job done. So that is a continued conversation that we right. will be having. I also think that, like, if you have Stafford, who's on his final legs, let's let, yeah. let's be real. Um, you have Aaron Donald, you have Cooper Cup. Even if this is a retooling year, as they want to, uh, you know, describe it and label it as such, I still think, um, you know, they brought in Ramsey in 2019. Like, now would yeah. be a time to bring in Chase Young. So then, by the time next year starts, you're fully serious. You're fully ready. Um, I also just believe that they should be making moves more on defense. Like if they like, I'm seeing reports, rumors today, nothing but rumors, but like potential reports that they're talking about bringing uh, uh, Derek Henry. Which, if that's no, another no. pivotal piece, uh, I mean, you better be, you better have that offense on the field for 75 percent of the game because Absolutely your defense, not. like, because you just can't, like, a. The next pivotal piece, and they know this, which is why they had Stafford, Cup, Donald, and Ramsey as the pillars. Like they had two defensive players. Um, you can you can't just have you can't just bring in Derrick Henry and assume all your no. That's problems. that's never going to happen. No, no, Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry is not an option for this team. You got to go after a pass rusher. That's the one foundational piece that I feel like they're missing, and Chase Young fits that mold. So, all right. So the Cowboys. All right. So here we go. We here we got we got. This is an unbelievable injury report for the Dallas Cowboys. All right. So it's Nathan Van Der Esch and Trayvon Diggs and CJ Goodwin are all on the IR currently. But coming off of a bye, this team is as healthy as possible. It's, it's Yanway Thomas, safety, has a hamstring injury, and he was a full participant in Thursday's practice. So absolutely no injuries uh, to deal with outside of the few names that we named. A couple of big names in Trayvon Diggs and Leighton Van Der Esch. But all injuries that aren't a surprise, Cowboys have expected it, have, have made replacements in-house. And I, I think that they're they're perfectly fine to be able to handle this game. So coming off of a bye, they're 4-2 and two as they prepare for the Rams in their home stadium. So like you mentioned, Nick, earlier on in this episode, uh, week 10, we get two divisional games back-to-back coming off of a bye in Seattle at home and Arizona away. And this team gets us coming off of a bye after we had to deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a bye. It's just, it's it's aggravating. But then you talk about Dak Prescott and how aggravating is, is he somebody that frequently likes to check down in, in the words of Steve Smith, a Jag, just a guy, Nick, what is your opinion of, of Dak Prescott? Because we essentially did the same thing with Kenny Pickett last week. And obviously this is a, a little bit of a different player that we're dealing with here. I think Dak is on the higher echelon and I think he gets a lot of 
hate because he's a Dallas Cowboy, truly. Um, I believe he's kind of like he hovers around that area that Goff hovers around where it's like, yeah, you can win a Super Bowl with this guy. Like, you're going to need – like big playmakers, but I mean, the same can be said with Stafford. Like I, mm. I, I would group them in the same, uh, the, the same echelon Stafford probably higher than the other two, but still, uh, I, you know, I 90 point or 91.0 passer rating right now, higher than Stafford, seven yards per attempt, same as Stafford. Um, probably can beat you a little more with his legs than Stafford can, uh, six touchdowns to four interceptions. The interceptions were bad last year, but I yeah. think you know I I think he's taking strides, and he also has an amazing defense. So yeah, that, and it, that no, he had, that's another thing. He has an incredible defense. The defense statistically, you know, they're playing really well. I think, but when it comes to Dak and facing no pressure, like that's one of the things that I think is working really well in his favor. He's got a really solid offensive line. He's got a lot of good pieces around him. So the, I think the Jared Goff comparison is very very valid. And it will always be made considering they were in the same draft class. Although right. we always put we always put Jared a tier above. Don't don't ever forget. You, um, but remember when people said it was Wentz, Dak, Goff, and I was yeah, like, of course, hold on there, old sport. Yeah, 2017 and Carson Wentz's MVP year. But now it's it's obviously Goff over Dak and Stafford above all. But Dak's only taken 14 sacks, and he's only been pressured on 30 percent of his dropbacks so far. So if you get some pressure on Dak and you know that he's capable of rushing through his progressions. You know that he's capable of checking down. And the Rams' defense is only allowing a 58% completion percentage against quarterbacks this season. I personally like this matchup. I personally yeah. like the Rams' defense line and young secondary to be able to get after Dak Prescott and to be able to make plays and force turnovers. I feel like the defense is due. I feel like the opportunities are presenting themselves. They're just not executing, very similar to the offensive side of the ball. Um, and they're going to be really close if not, they're going to have a couple of turnovers on their hands because of Dak Prescott's inability to work through his progressions quickly and get rid of the ball when the pressure's in his face. It's just going to be a matter of generating that pressure. Right. I like, you know, all the things that we don't like about the Rams defense. It's like they give up third and long. Like, you know, there's there's not enough pressure to the quarterback. Like, we don't really have, like, great linebackers. Nobody's really getting pressure outside, like, the front four. Um, I think it is a good matchup because if you can get – Dak frazzled, then the defense has a real opportunity to, you know, like turn the ball over in a position that's really beneficial for us. Because and, and I think that's how you win the game, honestly. I think getting, you know, getting uh Goff, getting Dak in heat and worrying about his progressions and like rushing the ball out, like you said, is feels like the key to victory. And I also think that there's totally a uh, you know, Bill Simmons, whatever you want to call it, Ewing theory, nobody believes in us right now in this Rams team against the Cowboys. And I think most people are just putting the Cowboys in this parlay and they're like, yeah, they're obviously going to win. It's the Rams, but it's a really good spot, especially in Dallas. I think like 98% of the handle has to be on, on, um, on the Cowboys, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, the, no, no, they're due. I think they're due to win a game as under underdog because they lost games as underdogs against the was it the Bengals? They were an underdog against the 49ers, against the Eagles, right? It's like the, these are all games that they're technically going in as underdogs, right? It's it's not often that they're a favorite. They were three point favorites against the Pittsburgh Steelers and lost that game, but all the other three games they were it was bad line, right? And we identified that, but. Those other three games, like, 
you know, it's th that's difficult. I think um, when it comes to Dak too, like you have to be able to bring pressure just because he hasn't seen it a ton this year, right? Just for the sake of being able to get up in his face, increase the blitz rate, be able to generate pressure and get the defensive line going. But their offensive line, it's one of my favorite units in the entire league. Like the Smith brothers, Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith, they're not actually brothers, but Tyron Smith is one of the most underrated left tackles in the league. I don't know why he doesn't get more credit, probably because he hasn't been on the field consistently enough over the past couple of years, but still one of the best left tackles in the league. Tyler Smith is playing really well as a left guard. He's playing really well in terms of uh, clearing space in the run game. Uh, his, his run grades are really high. Um, it's Tyler Bediaz, the center, and their right tackle, Terrence Steele, that I feel like if there's any weakness, it's going to be right up the middle, which would be Aaron Donald, and then right around the right side, which potentially Byron Young or Michael Hoyt. And Zach Martin, their right guard, is an all-pro caliber player. So Dak's going to be well-protected. It's a matter of him being able to get the ball out to his weapons, his pass catchers, whatever the hell you want to call them. I mean, CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, like it is – it, it's definitely an interesting threesome. It's it's more so of the fact that C.D. Lamb is stealing a majority of the targets, but they very clearly want to get Michael Gallup involved. They want to clearly get Brandon Cooks involved. How do you consistently keep Tony Pollard involved in the in the pass game? They have two younger tight ends and then a rookie tight end that they're developing. So a couple of moving pieces for this offense in a year where they're moving off of Kellen Moore. So a lot of the play direction, play design, lacks creativity. It's Mike McCarthy-esque. It's run heavy. It's get under center. It's play action. And it's try to just be able to beat your receiver or your defensive back rather one-on-one. -on -one. Um, there's not a ton within this offense that's going to blow you away. Not a ton of explosives. They're just consistent with their pass catchers. C.D. Lamb, six receptions per game, roughly 80 yards. He's the leading target getter. Michael Gallup is next, three receptions per game. Um, Tony Pollard, second on the team in receptions. Five receptions per game, thirty yards. Per, like it's none of this is going to blow you away. Um, no, no. So, I don't think so at all, honestly. And like the most recent game they had against the Chargers, another LA team. Um, yeah. They like a lot of it is just Dak being comfortable and hitting one of those guys across the middle. Yeah. Like that's the that's the whole that's the whole game. It feels like that's that's where he's going to beat you, and a little help from the refs because it is Dallas. Um, but still, like, I mean, it's not it's not flashy. It's Mike McCarthy. It's boring. It's it's consistently running the ball like pretty well with Pollard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's they're not going to beat you with creativity. And I feel like we have to play to our strengths here, particularly on offense, like their defense, which we'll get into is lights out. So we have to be the more creative team and we have to generate pressure. I think those are my if you wanted to make. Nick's keys to victory, those would be one and two. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like you talked about Dak's quick passing game. It's going to be something that we're going to have to flip on the defense's head. So we'll transition over the defense too because I feel like we talked about Kellen Moore departure. We talked about Mike McCarthy. I think the Rams offense statistically is is far better. They're generating more total yards. They're scoring more points. Um, I, so I'm just I'm, – I'm confident maybe not scoring more points in total, but they're generating more total yards in terms of pass and run. So – I'm, I'm confident in the offense to be able to put up some numbers here. And I'm confident in um, the Rams' offense, rather, to put up some numbers. They're not the Cowboys. In terms of the defense, I'm going to caveat everything by saying that the Arizona Cardinals scored zero points against the Rams' defense in the second half. 
They had 400 total yards, zero turnovers, and they were two for two in the red zone and had 20 first downs against this unbelievable Cowboys defense. So believe what you want. If you think the Rams can't win this game, just go back and watch the Arizona Cardinals play four quarters against this vaunted Cowboys defense. Um, They're they're interesting to watch. Their focus is 100% going to be on their pass rush always. It's going to be Micah Parsons and Dante Fowler and Dorrance Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence. 132 pressures so far. Six games, 132 pressures. Wow. That... (laughs) You know what's felt like I was reading up on this? Offensive numbers are down like hugely this year. And we're seeing the return of some just like remarkable defenses. And one of the two that was highlighted was Dallas. I do want to try and guess the number one. Hmm. Uh the Browns. Correct. Good guess. Browns are good this year. You were right. Yeah, yeah I mean they're they're, if, if their focus is their pass rush, so 132 pressures, 16 sacks, 19 quarterback hits so far this season, faces off against the Rams' offensive line that has allowed 100 pressures, 12 sacks, and 19 quarterback hits this season, which is a pressure rate of 45%. So that's 14 pressures allowed per game for the Rams. The Cowboys are generating 22 pressures per game. So if Stafford drops back to throw 30 times, he's pressured on 76% of his dropbacks. They blitz at 35.7%, which is seventh most. Stafford has an 80.5 quarterback rating when he's facing a five-man rush compared to an 82.3 rating in total when he's just facing a four-man rush, a five-man rush, or whatever it may be. So I'm confident in Matthew Stafford to dice up a defense when they're consistently bringing pressure. It's just a matter of us being able to execute the quick game. Like it's it's The Rams have an opportunity. They could do it in the run game, right? Like, Against the run, they have an opportunity. They'll be able to get into the second levels. But when it comes to the pass game and the quick pass game specifically, they have a a slot corner in Jordan Lewis. Like you have to be able to force your linebackers to cover. Jordan Lewis is very, very highly rated in terms of receivers ratings against him. Like you have to be able to force the linebackers in coverage. You have to be able to get after Jordan Lewis in the slot, get under center, get, get back to your jet sweeps, your heavier personnel. I think the kind of looks that threaten the punch in the mouth that develop into potentially a huge play action backside screen for 25 yards. Like that is the identity and the mindset that they need to have that we've been talking about for years. You know what I mean? Like they have that in their repertoire. They have it in their back pocket. So being it's able the creativity. to do that, I think is really and important. Dare I say, uh, Daryl Henderson has looked like the best quarterback the Rams have against the blitz all season, um, which the Cowboys like to bring. So you know. Wait, so you Daryl Henderson against the Blitz? Is that what you said? Yeah. So as a running back? Yeah. His, his grade is the best against the Blitz so far? No, no. I'm just saying from what I saw, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying he's good at like blocking against the Blitz. He's a good blocking running back. Is what yeah, he is. He is very much so. Um, yeah, I think it, it, you have to be able to do that. To be able to stay on the field, you have to be able to do that. Like that's that's an opportunity if they can get into the second levels. Damon Clark and Marquise Bell, like they're they're not great linebackers. One of them's re- replacing Leighton Vanderash, but I like the combination of Freeman and Henderson to be able to get the same type type of work against this defense and be just as productive. Agreed. You know, in the same roles, I'd like to see them more as pass catchers. You know, in pass protection, I think they're really solid. 
um, both of them, because they're a little bit bigger, they're stronger, they're, they're lower to the ground. So I'm confident in them to be able to stay on the field in that regard. Um, and the Cowboys, so points per game, 16.7, fourth best. Third down defense, 35.1%, sixth best. Red zone rate, 53.3 as a touchdown rate. It's 16th best. So they have to be able to take advantage of some of these opportunities. You have to turn the ball over. I think you have to turn the ball over probably twice, at least once in this game to win. Yeah, I would agree, right? Because like the Rams are going to face a cornerback duo. If you're going to be overly reliant on Pukunakua and Cooper Cup, they're going to face a cornerback duo that Duran Bland and Stefan Gilmore, they're both playing extremely well right now. Like Gilmore has allowed two touchdowns this season. Bland is playing out of his mind, those three interceptions and seven pass breakups. He, though all wide receivers currently have the lowest rating against him in the entire league. They are going to be tasked, those two, with two very dynamic receivers in Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. You think with Trayvon Diggs out, you know, we're going to get ours on whoever is opposite of, of Stefan Gilmore, but like a lot of their success right now as cornerbacks are coming from how well their pass rush is playing and how, how well and how quickly they get after the quarterback. They're beneficiaries of that very much so. But if we could alleviate some of that pressure, get the quick passing game going and continue to put the stress on those two cornerbacks and the back end of their defense, that's where we're going to be able to break open some explosives and break open some quick game opportunities. So Yeah, and you know, I think there's a real opportunity for Tyler Higby to make a real impact in this game. Honestly. Yeah, just based on the you know Jordan Lewis and kind of how he is, he'll be in the slot. So I you feel could like- rotate. I mean, yeah, you can go Tyler Higby, Puganakua, Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell as a rotation in the slot and just take advantage of yeah. whoever it is that they want to put there. Right? It's just a, a mismatch nightmare for two players that are playing really well on the outside for one that's playing as poorly as he is on the inside. Like it just you have to be able to take advantage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that kind of feels like that is the keys, really. Dean's keys. I mean, I feel like you you have them laid out here. So why don't you uh, why don't you give everybody your keys? Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the quick pass game. It's the third down play calling. It's being able to get yourself within those third down play calling situations in more favorable fourth down situations. Because I think to me, like when you're in third down and you're in third and seven. You don't necessarily have to draw up a play that gets you 10 yards. You know, no. you don't have to draw up an explosive. You could that, draw up a five-yard play and get yourself in fourth and two and then draw up another four or five-yard play to be able to execute and continuously move the chains and ex- extend the time of possession and be able to kind of keep, play keep away. It's it, it's not that hard of a concept. It, feel like you, it, it honestly felt like you lifted a weight off my chest there when you said that because that's something I hadn't realized until right now. Because it's so true. It's like it's it's like third and five right now. Yeah, and Stafford doesn't have to be an empty. Yeah, yeah, Stafford doesn't have to be an empty, and you, you don't can have get, to throw it. You can, fifteen you, to twenty-five yards right now, bro. You could get Stafford under center with two split running backs. You can get Stafford under center with a single back. You could run some of the jet motion stuff. You could run a play action rollout. There's a lot of things that you could do. You don't have to run everything out of pistol and everything out of empty. So I think just some of the the situational play calling has to get a little bit better, but you could see them flip the script very easily. I think they can get a, you know, a two for one or, or even a, they just put themselves in a better opportunity before the half, just because they're able to extend a drive and put some points on the board and then hopefully get the ball back. 
It's you're just getting to the, the midway point of the season too, and it's like your offense is what it is, and if you don't change it now, it's not going to change. So, yeah. like, yeah. and you're seeing it's not working. It's not working enough, truly. Um, you know, regardless of who you ever want to blame the outcome on last last week, the refs or Brett Maher, you put yourself in position to win that game multiple times, and you and you floundered and you lost it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to be able to. Not when you put yourself in the position and you look back on it, make the decision fast. So I'm happy that they did that. Another decision that I feel like the Rams made awfully fast and a player that we're going to see on the field plenty is Brandon Cooks. Probably, probably too fast with him because he kind of went on to have like, a, you know, a fourth piece of his career right now, you know, especially now with Dallas on like a true competing team. Like he was the, the star of those um, Houston games uh, back when he was on the Texans, when they were like the worst team in the league. Um, I think it's just great just just to see Brandon Cooks like actually contributing on like a legitimate contender. Um, yeah, it's, you know it's really cool. He was I was a big fan of him, the Archer. It seems like the two two Owl replacement is finally coming to life. But before two two gained steam and was catching touchdown passes, it felt like Brandon Cooks was never going to be replaced. But it's very clear the impact he had on this franchise and yeah. the type of player that he was and how he opened up the offense to a different dimension that Sean McVay had never been a part of before. So to be able to have that piece of history there, I think is really interesting. And then the very last piece, shout out Dante Fowler. We'll see you on Sunday. You're wearing the wrong Jersey, but we very much appreciate your services in the 2018 divisional round game. I'm so happy you pulled that picture up because I wanted to comment on it. That was the greatest Jersey um, matchup of all time, in my opinion. Um, Like the, with the historic Rams colors in the Coliseum versus Dallas in their silver. I mean that like, it doesn't get better than that. So I really hope we're either rocking and I feel like we must be um, bone or modern throwbacks against Dallas. Who's in like blue or like dark blue and silver combo, because I think the our blue against this classic Dallas, um, you know, beautiful jerseys is going to look tr- so busy and trashy. But like, at least the yeah, I, you know, at least the uh, like bone and modern throwbacks are what they are, and they're not exclusively or like excessively busy and just too much. So, yeah. yep. just an amazing, amazing jersey matchup. That's all potentially. We'll, hey, Nikki loves yeah. a good uniform matchup, and I do too. I think that you know, the classic old school Rams uniform where they were wearing the helmet that's sitting right behind me with the old jerseys and the classic the white color. Dallas Cowboys getup is is the best you could possibly get. Yeah, I agree. I I could not agree more. I love I love that dark Rams helmet, and I love the um, I love the like the silver blue um, Dallas Cowboys helmet. It's just it's just classic. It's amazing. I do also. I think I'm ready for everybody's favorite time of the week. Really? I think I am, yeah. What time is that? I think it's time for Nick's picks. Time for... We, we got a song or something? Cute? No, 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 no. Don't worry, I got you. One more time? Yeah. Everybody's favorite part of the pod. I forgot I had a mustache in that picture. And <laughs> here, here I am again. I think that was November. This is Halloween focused, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Next picks week eight, right? Are we in week eight? Is it yep. already week eight? Week My eight. God. 
I have your I have your picks from week nine of last year still on my docket. So like we're almost all the way back. Wow. How about that? Uh, yeah, Nick's picks week eight. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the getting gut punched by sports gambling. I mean, Nick's picks. Last <laughs> week was brutal, but here we are. We're feeling pretty solid, and we, you know, we got everything that we need for you. And I'm happy to say we will be bringing a new theme song, despite the rumors of the songs being no more. I got the blues, Dean. Uh, YouTube keeps taking copyright hits on these Nick's picks themes. What gives, huh? I mean, do you copyright Weird Al for his amazing song parodies? And I'm not comparing myself to the goat of joke songwriting, but I am, you know, I looked, I, I looked into it. I saw why they were taking those ones down and not others. So hopefully we have no more problems, but if we do, maybe we have to say goodbye to the songs forever. But until then, Dean, let's hear the new song. You know, you can't fade me forever. I didn't sign up for DraftKings. I'm not a gambler for your friends to run with. This Nick's too old to be placing parlays. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're better every week. They get better every single week. I, that might be the best one ever. Uh, the, here, the thing about it is, though, like, how is that not going to get striked for copyright? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's a, nothing about it. I, I completely changed every word. It's, it, there's, there's no way it should. And it's also the karaoke version. It's not the actual, uh, like, backing vocals and, like, real version of the song. So I feel like there's no way it should be taken down. I, I personally got Elton's approval. Elton said it was fine, so YouTube, do not smite me. Um, do you remember what your lock was last week? Because I couldn't figure it out. Uh, I feel like it oh, – was. I think it was Rams to cover and win. Oh, yeah. yikes. Yeah. Should have taken Daryl Henderson any time. Yeah, you're probably right. I should have. You're right after all the talk about him. And you picked him up in fantasy, so you took that from me. I wanted Yeah, to this week I'm going to call uh, Dak Prescott to throw an interception as a lock. All right, that's probably like minus one ten, maybe. Yeah, no, maybe. no, no, it's probably like plus plus one seventy. I would say. So still, yeah, maybe. good value, good value. All right, on to next picks. Here we go. First pick: Vikings at Packers. This game is a pick'em. Huh? It's a pick'em. Huh? I mean, if you're a smart gambler, you don't bet on teams. You bet on lines. Good thing we're not smart gamblers, though. Dean, make this make sense to me. Vikings have a better defense, a better QB, a better coach, better weapons. Everything is better. And they just beat the Niners, who are supposed to be the class of the NFC. And the Packers just lost to the Broncos, the worst team in the AFC. I mean, like, so the argument for the Packers would be their home. It's a divisional game. And that's it. I don't. I don't know what other argument you can you have. I just don't see how the Vikings lose this one. I feel like the refs are going to do everything they can to rig this one. Uh, it just feels like the refs are going to help Jordan Love drive down the field late with phantom PI calls, like they did in that Lions game Monday night. Either way, I don't care. I'm rolling with the Vikings. Also, the under 
because after week seven, divisional game unders hit at an extremely high rate. So let's run with under 41 and a half and then Vikings, just Vikings by themselves, 20 to 21. I think the Vikings win it, even though the refs do everything they can to give Jordan Love another home win. I like the score prediction. You're right at 41 and you're right under. Yeah, I, I can see Jordan Love making a – Jordan Love's due for a, a late-game comeback. No, he's for not. For the sake of the Green Bay Packers narrative and the national crowd, but maybe not. Everybody loves uh, Kirk Cousins right now and Kirk O'Chains, so go Vikings. It's just like like the public money isn't in yet, so we don't know, but it's just – I feel like I guarantee the Vikings are going to have like 80% of the money, and the NFL is going to be like, oh, too many people bet on the Vikings. Could be right. Could be right. But I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm taking the Vikings. Jets at Giants, oh. a.k.a. North Jersey versus New York City. Bing bong. New York sports are so cursed. If it wasn't for Eli Manning, what would they even have? I mean, seriously, can we just make the Jets the North Jersey Jets and strip their New York name already? They're not New York's team. They're North Jersey and, like, Staten Island's team sometimes. This game is cursed but we kind of love running into cursed tire fires at Knicks picks. I think after it's all said and done, the Jets are going to be in the picture in the season for a while, while the Giants will probably fade into mediocrity. Jets offense, how about this team? Jets offense, averaging 1.5 touchdowns a game. Giants offense, averaging 1.1. Like, come on. <laughs> the under is the lowest that we've seen it all season at 36 and a half, and that's all I'm going to take. Yep. We're not betting any spreads, nothing like that. Just under 36 and a half because that's the only thing that makes sense in this game. I also kind of want to bet that a safety occurs in this game. Final score will be a scoregami, I think, 11 to 5. <laughs> Two safeties by both teams. It's just it's something bananas out of this world is going to happen in this game, and I can't wait to watch it. It could. Definitely could. Scoregami. And two safeties. Yeah. And the under. And the deal. Under. Yeah, deal. 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 What's next? Moving on. Falcons at Titans. If you're like me, you have 25 more gray hairs from betting on the Falcons last week. Desmond Ritter, two, count them, two end zone fumbles at the one-yard line. Still managed to win the game, but, bro, Ritter, he's just not it. And he will get devoured by this Titans defense. And then the Titans will go three and out. And then he will get regurgitated, and he will be devoured a second time. Uh, Grable off a of bye is one of the most impressive coaches off a of bye. It's like him and Andy Reid have the best record. Arthur Simon or Arthur Smith? What's his Arthur name? Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, thank you. Billionaire son. You know, he's got a great mustache, but that's not enough. I just don't – I mean, like, the Falcon, everybody in that NFC North is hot garbage. If you put the Titans in that division – they would look like the best team by far. Um, regardless of what's up with Tannehill, I'm taking Titans. Um, or Yeah, just Titans straight up. I like them a lot. 31 straight up. I'm taking, I'm taking the Titans. You know what? Nah. Give me Titans. Titans plus two and a half, just in case. I think they win. Titans win outright. But I'm going to take the points as the official pick. Maybe sprinkle a little money line action. You know, a little, uh, a little sprinkle of, uh, of sprinkles on my Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say. Run it back. Vikings money line. Huh? Under 41 and a half in Vikings Packers. Under 36 and a half in Jets Giants. Titans plus two and a half. 
And then my quick pick. I'm going to do Niners minus three and a half over the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals are real. And I like Donald or Darnold more than Purdy. And what a perfect time for Darnold to come out during Halloween, seeing ghosts. I think he's going to be busting some ghosts this year. Call him Dan Aykroyd. Call him Bill Murray. Call him Harold Ramis. <laughs> and I forget the name of the last one. I'm sorry. I don't either. I don't remember it. All I know is, is that Sam Darnold for the San Francisco 49ers, does he have a real chance to take them further than Brock Purdy does? Regardless, it's a horrible way to end the podcast. And if the 49ers win by three and a half without Brock Purdy, without Debo Samuel, without maybe whatever his name is, uh, Trent Williams at left tackle, what are we going to do? Ernie Hudson. (laughs) Way to tie a bow on a great episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We greatly appreciate you guys always. Oh, please, guys, like and subscribe. Um, I, I, I need it. I'm sorry. Um, I really, I, I love doing this. I know Dean loves doing this. We love doing it for you. We love doing it for ourselves. We hope that this, you know, this thing takes off. It's only year seven. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, I, uh, I appreciate everybody that made it this far. Thanks for listening, Dean. Thanks for a great episode. We appreciate you guys. Go Rams. Beat Dallas.